1: Welcome to the P.O.'d Podcast. I am Joe. I'm Adam. And this week, we are going to discuss Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. But before we do so, Adam, what have you been peeping on this week? All right, so I had a
0: little bit of time, quite a bit actually, um, because my wife is away at conferences, and so at night when I put the kids down, I've been watching my own little shows, caught up a little bit on one episode of Jessica Jones, two episodes of Daredevil, getting... Killgrave escapes yet again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's getting old. Anyway. He's got mind oh, powers. It's all right. It's pretty good. Then you got um, um, Daredevil's good. Started Luther on your recommendation. Really good. Loving it. Um, uh, that was good. Let's see. What else did I do this week? I think that was it. I think I've just been kind of indulging in the ones that I've put, put down.
1: Did you watch uh, Lethal Weapon?
0: I watched season the episode two of Lethal Weapon last gotcha. week. Um this week's episode my direct T V went out, dude. Gotcha. Um, my box died. I think we had a thunderstorm and lightning struck somewhere and maybe that's what fried the video off from my um direct TV, but haven't watched it yet. I think my wife records though, like in her room, so I gotta go check it. Um is that how they work? Those little boxes. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I gotta go look because I really want to see it because I really love that episode series. I uh, told you MacGyver, super disappointing, right? Yeah. I watched the second. Um, I was I watched the the second episode right okay. from last Friday. So there's third episode just came out this Friday. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna continue watching. To be honest with you, I'm not that mad that I yet have
1: to see it. <laughs> yeah, so, I won't be watching another episode. Super
0: disappointing for like MacGyver.
1: It, MacGyver. Well, it's I'm sure it's fine, but it's CBS. It's for older people. You know, don't be offended, everyone out there. But and it's just not good enough to compete with the other stuff that's out.
0: Right. Well, not just that too, but I think they they tried to make it feel too much like the old one with the you know the narrating, the talking, and even the, like. Even the explaining of, like, the Mag- the, the MacGyvering, right? Sure. Um, but they fail miserably. I, this, see, I'm like you. You think it's fine for older people? I think it's complete and utter horse crap all the way around.
1: Well, CBS is the older people network, right? So oh, okay. The Blue Hairs and the 60s. 70 year old people who are watching everything their their favorite shows ncis right this is
0: cutting edge harold come look at that they,
1: they didn't mind that macgyver looked like absolute dog crap the special effects were the worst on tv you go over the cw and you watch the flash and right. they can do that every oh, single week but you can't make an explosion look real on macgyver you have got to be ashamed of yourself
0: So, yeah, that was the other thing. We started season two because it's on Netflix. Me and the kids last night for Family Night, we watched two episodes of season two of The Flash. So
1: Yeah, the season three started, and it is good. All
0: right, so, yeah, we just started season two. Of course, we do just Netflix, and um, so that's pretty good. So that's kind of what we've watched so far. Um, Yeah, MacGyver, Junk, really upset because I was a huge MacGyver fan growing up. Um, I was excited to see that they were doing it. And then um, it was, I like uh, the guy he works with. I forget his name. Um, I like him as an actor. He is George from... George M- Eads. George Eads. He's from CSI, right? Correct. Las Vegas. I liked him. I like him. But even his character is just like, what? Seriously? For real? Um, it's cliche above cliche, and it's not even done well. Yeah. Sean Man Johnson is a good cliche done uh, well. I can't wait right?
1: to see more of that. Let's hope that Amazon picks it up.
0: Yeah, so that's done well. I can accept that. But they're trying to pass this off as a legit well show. And not CBS like CBS a- was
1: also responsible Ooh. for the Rush Hour remake. Oh, uh, maybe that's why. So I, yeah, those junky fingerprints are all over both of them. I'm telling you, man, the Rush Hour remake is unwatchable. Yet somehow MacGyver is the number one TV show in the country.
0: Once again, yeah, that's, I think that'll change in
1: just well, two Well, I don't think so, buddy, because the people who were in their 40s when MacGyver was on the first time are now in their 60s, and they're enjoying it still. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's see. whats um, What, is, what, what um,
0: Let's look up the written name. Tell me what you've been into. I'm going to look up TV by the numbers and see, uh, see how uh, TV ratings are doing. What
1: did you get into? Um, let's see. I watched... Last night we watched Suicide Squad. Sucked. 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 There is a lot going for it. Sucked. But <laughs> it is it is awful. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. You know, Sorry. The, the performances by the people are fine. There's nothing, right, right. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I love Joel Kinnaman. He's one of my favorite actors, man. It, he doesn't get enough credit for the RoboCop remake. I think that from his perspective, from his part in it, it was really well done, but nobody's going to agree with me because RoboCop was such a masterpiece, right? Right. But you know, I loved him on the killing. He's great in the movie. Will Smith's even good, even though I don't really care for him as a person. Yeah. Um. Well, what's there. You gotta love uh, everybody in the movie. You know, even Harley Quinn is she goes over the top. Margot Robbie does, but it's it's just the right amount. Right what do you think of Jared Leto's um Joker? It was fine. I didn't really have a problem with it. I mean, where do you go after Heath Ledger? What he did with it and what Christopher Nolan's vision for the Joker was. I mean You
0: know in we talked about this years ago with what Heath Ledger did, I think it was fantastic. I think it was incredible. Unfortunately, I think it is um what's the word I'm looking um it was Bronzed, I guess it was cemented. It was because of his death.
1: Because he died, it's unfairly set apart. Exactly, I think because
0: it is like it is retired to the Hall of Fame of the best Joker ever, just because he had died. I won't
1: say that it's the best Joker ever. It was the perfect Joker for that movie.
0: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I it it was it was incredible. The way they nailed Joker for that movie was absolutely incredible, right? But, and we had this talk when it came out, and it was so successful, and I said, the reviews, a lot of the people that went to go see it went to see it just out of honor and tribute to Heath Ledger. Now, was it still a good movie? Absolutely. Um, But I made the argument, take Heath Ledger's death out of it, that movie makes... $300 $300 million less opening or, you know, the first, you know, uh, month in the box office. I don't just think so. To, oh, I do. I know lots of people that went to see it just because they like Heath Ledger and they're, the movie was alright. They just really love Heath Ledger. I think that movie is perfect. Um, yeah, I, think it was, I think it was good. Perfect? No. Uh, Definitely perfect.
1: Well, the people who have a problem with Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series don't understand that they're not superhero movies. So. Right. That's that's a lot of people's issue with it. He's not a superhero Batman. Those aren't superhero movies. Those are crime sagas, a la The Godfather. And right. that's what a lot of people have trouble with. He just used comic book characters to tell a crime saga story. Right. And I don't know, he might be one of those people who wanted to see Batman. A lot of people had a problem with not seeing Batman. They wanted to see you know, the comic book Batman. And Batman would never quit for seven years because his girlfriend died. Batman would right. never do this, Batman would never... You're right, but he's not Batman. He's Christopher Nolan's Batman. And as far as Christopher Nolan's Batman goes, I think those movies are darn near perfect.
0: Right. I think they're really great. I think they do... Christopher The universe Christopher Nolan did awesome. So that's beside the fact. I was just curious about your um, Leto's. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> Lettos, fine. I mean, those are superhero movies. Those are, those are capes and cowls. Those are ridiculous, you know you know they they already destroyed metropolis so his joker fits in the world um i think they made a pretty they made a few huge mistakes in the movie one the plot is all over the place you spent 45 minutes of the movie introducing your heroes you know yeah. and that that was stupid we you didn't spend any time introducing batman you gave the viewers that much credit right that they know who batman is you don't okay. have to spend the whole movie introducing these people. you got to figure that at least we know enough to enjoy the movie. You, there's 45 minutes of movie, of storytelling, of plot that's just down the drain. Of bull crap. You could have been having fun with the movie. And then the last 45 minutes of the movie, you've jammed so much stupid plot into it that it's completely garbage. It's unbelievable. And, like, the villains they're facing are too big for them to fight, too. Right. So there's there's also that. Like...
0: It blows my mind that the, sorry, I'm going to pause you real quick. The DC universe, right? Mm-hmm. That they spent all this time building the characters for Suicide Squad. Yeah, you go to uh, Batman versus Superman, there's no building of characters whatsoever, hardly. Like no. Wonder Woman.
1: No well, building you, of a character. They gave us credit They that we already know who they are, like Spider-Man in Civil War. Marvel doesn't need to reintroduce Spider-Man again. You know, we know who he is. That's fine. We don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. (laughs) Right. Right? Uh So, I mean, I give them some credit for that, but I give them zero credit for wasting my time. They absolutely wasted every viewer's time. That that could have been a fun movie. Right. If you've ever watched the animated movie Assault on Arkham, it's just a way better version of that. Oh, okay never seen it It, it's it's suicide squad movie is all it is and it's done well huh i mean the only thing that they really really got perfectly right is amanda waller because she is one evil evil chick in the comic book and, and and any pretty much iteration except she's a little softer on arrow the tv series but okay so but she's pretty evil she's the worst of all the bad guys that controls the Suicide Squad, you know, and she's the one with her finger on the button, so they have to do what she says.
0: Yeah, they did, um, yeah, there's an animated series that does her really well. She is, like, evil evil.
1: But yeah, that's, uh, anyways, Suicide Squad, Yeah, I had, I had hopes for that one above anything else, but now I guess i got to rest my last vestige of DC hopes on Wonder Woman.
0: Or Aquaman.
1: No, I have no hope for Aquaman. <laughs> and you know what about what?
0: Cyborg?
1: I really he like Jason Momoa, own... but I don't have any hope that Justice League is going to be a good movie. What
0: What name of movie you think Jason Momoa has done really, really great in? I like good. the
1: Conan remake. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. And I liked him on uh, Game of Thrones. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Alright,
0: so cool. What else did you see, man? Suicide Squad, so...
1: Uh, sorry, that was a tough one to get over. I watched the Season 3 Flash premiere and okay. Arrow premiere. Arrow is still in garbage time. Um, season 1 and 2 were so good, and then it's been garbage time ever since. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, Flash, I think, still knocking it out of the park. Alright. The only oh. thing that Flash suffers from is Villain of the Week headache. They need to uh, make four or five episode blocks per villain. Okay. Where it's a more... You use Barry's CSI skills instead of just his run-fast skills to try to solve crimes. I mean, they're really missing some opportunity there. But, like, a different villain every week for 22 episodes is pretty tough. Right. So, I don't know. Um, Lethal Weapon was good. Oh, and I started reading Norm MacDonald's book. Yeah, you mentioned that. And I'm doing better than reading it, actually. I'm listening to it, and he's the one who reads it. <laughs> Sweet. So you get to hear his cadence and the way he would deliver the jokes, which you, if you're our age, you know his cadence anyways. You know how he tells his jokes. He's dry. He's a retard. Right. And he just And his stories are filled with that. And, like, he's just talking about Rodney Dangerfield, right? And how about he used to go to the comedy store and... He made good friends with Rodney Dangerfield, and he was my friend. And you know, not many people knew this about Rodney, but he would tell me, when no one was around, that he got no respect. <laughs> and then he starts telling all of Rodney's jokes. He's like, "I couldn't believe the things he was telling me." He told me that, you know, blah 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 blah, and he was just saying all of, you know Rodney's one-liner, no respect jokes. Yeah, but he's playing it off like, like he's the only one who knew. And that he's the only one he ever told, and he told it to him in confidence and in private. And it was just so sad. He felt so sad for his friend. And, And the premise of it all is so stupid, and it's so funny. Okay. And the whole book is like that. It's lies mixed with maybe some truth. Like, he talks about getting molested for five years by a guy named Old Jack, but you don't know if that's true or not. Okay. You know, you have no idea. You don't know what's true and what's not. I mean, there's some stuff that's obvious. Like, he talks about going to jail for trying to hire a hitman to kill Dave Attell because he was in love with Sarah Silverman. Obviously, that's not true. But was he in love with Sarah Silverman while they were on Saturday Night (laughs) Night Live together? You don't know that. Uh, It is is like a 12-hour stand-up comedy routine that can't be beat.
0: What led you to say, oh, yeah, I want to see Norman Donald's book? I mean... Um, uh, like, I knew we were a little bit of fans. I remember watching Dirty Work with you, like, way oh, back in the day. Well, I knew you were a fan, you know, casually, but, I mean, what made you pick up Norm MacDonald's book?
1: I had listened to his podcast the first time it was around, and then it just went away without any sort of pomp and circumstance, and I never knew what happened to it, and it was very, very funny. Uh, little did I know it had come back, and I didn't know this until I saw Norm was on Conan the other day. And it was he was very very funny and he talked about his book and I'm like oh my gosh, it's called based on a true story and that sold me right away. So I was like yep, I need to uh, I need to get this and I did and I'm I'm listening to it and dude it's it does not disappoint. Cool, All it right. is great and it's it's totally his voice it's totally his humor. <laughs> it's it's hilarious man he talks about when he first started at saturday night live or some was it saturday night live i don't remember but he's like i was so flattered everyone there called me einstein and i was like i am not einstein i'm not even as close to as smart as einstein these people must be super dumb to think that i am that smart and he's like i'm not even as smart as that guy in the wheelchair with the ridiculous voice and it's just dude. You
0: know, Norm Macdonald, he I think I think he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And I think he rubs a lot of mainstream entertainment and um, television the wrong way too because he's not he's not like follow the, you know, follow the group in his approach
1: but or He's one of the funniest his, men alive.
0: Oh yeah, or his personal beliefs even, you know what I mean? I think Sure. I think he gets a little bit of I don't want to say crucified I think he gets martyred a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, thrown under the bus. Yeah, I think he gets thrown under the bus a lot because of how he does stuff. Um, sure. Oh, uh, there is a anyway.
1: If you want a real <sighs> good laugh, a good chuckle, watch his uh, his performance, I guess, or his uh, appearance on Conan the other day. It was very, very funny. Very funny. And then uh, read the book, dude. If you can, listen to it.
0: Okay. I'll, um, on your recommendation, I think I shall.
1: Maybe I'll even take the, uh, I don't know if I can share Audible or not, but I'll drop it in a Google Drive for you or something. We'll see. Did you, uh, speaking of Norm MacDonald, you ever
0: When uh, it was about a year ago, um, uh, the allegations that came out against him from Chris Catan? No. Uh, okay, I'll have to send you that, um. But I remember reading that. And when you told me you were reading a book about it, I wonder if he touches in the book about Chris Catan at all. He but.
1: might, but who knows if it's true. Right, right, right. So who knows? All so, right, anything else? Uh you know, maybe here and there, but um that's pretty much it. If you haven't started watching The Exorcist yet you should. Right. That's on Fridays, I believe. Yes. They're three episodes in and it gets it's so riveting. But I didn't watch any movies or anything this week. That was pretty much it. Um yeah, lots lots of good stuff though. So let's dive straight into Groundhog Day at 5:59, right? <laughs> right. The movie starts off innocuous enough. You know, um got Phil Con- Connors, right? Phil Connors. Played by Phil Phil Connors, the legendary Bill Murray. And this I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is his best movie. Okay. This is. Yeah. I think this might even be the best movie that he's in, as far as wall to wall performances, wall to wall enjoyability. Ghostbusters is up there. This film was written for him. Actually, it wasn't.
0: No, I'm just saying. Right. This film was written for somebody exactly like him. Sure. Nobody else could have pulled off this that I could picture pulling off this film as stunningly as he has.
1: Yeah, he's just the right guy for the job, and I don't know if that. It was a coincidence in writing. If Harold Ramis, when he was writing this movie, if he like was thinking of Bill Murray. I well, they they had a weird
0: relationship, from what I understand. A lot of things I've read, and um, but well, a problem, they, they right? work together, right? Well, I think they worked together so well, even though they're kind of like that enigma, that like polar opposites attract kind of, and you just can't help but get cinematic like awesomeness when you put the two of them together. Well, Why what, I
1: don't what Bill Murray's was like back then was Phil Connors. He was a jerk. He was the talent. And that's how he kind of treated people. And he Mm -hmm. had a bad reputation about it. And he's gotten older now, and now he's not really like that anymore. And he's doing his Bill Murray stuff where he you know, shows up at people's weddings and does all the crazy stuff that Bill Murray does now. But, I mean, I guess he used to be kind of a jerk. Okay. And that's why Ghostbusters 3 never got made. He was so pissed off about Ghostbusters 2 that he's like, I'm not even going to roll the dice. You guys have ruined my career or whatever, so. But he was nice enough to work with Harold Ramis again, who is just a brilliant, brilliant writer. One of the funniest people to have ever lived. Rest in peace, mm-hmm. buddy. And right. uh, they created this movie together, and I think it's it's just like a master stroke of genius. And if you listen to him talk about it on the commentary, it's even, like, more revealing. Okay. So, yeah. We we meet up with Phil Connors, and he's doing his broadcast, and he's cheesy, and you can tell he's a little uh, egocentric, and you can tell that he's not too happy to be going to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover so, Groundhog Day.
0: Which is, in itself, the perfect first joke for a weatherman to be narcissistic.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's he got to be so cocky exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> but he's... Anyway. A, He's immediately smitten with the new news producer, Rita Hansen, played by the lovely Andy McDowell, as she's standing in front of the blue screen with her blue sweater and looking like a floating head. <laughs> and you can tell immediately that he does not like the cameraman that's going with him, Larry, played by Chris Elliott, who, Chris Elliott's one of the funniest people alive as cabin, well. Cabin Boy. Yeah, well, we, we won't talk about Cabin Boy. <laughs> but... Well. Right he used there, to be the, got, the
0: got, Tostitos guy, was he? Yeah, you don't remember when he was the Tostitos guy?
1: I think the latest thing that, like, I you know, I remember him as being the guy with the pimple on his eye in uh, uh There's something about Mary, you know. He's been so much oh. friend. He's Lily's dad on How I Met Your Mother. You know, he's who's the one he plays a really tiny hands. He's
0: like, let me give you a standing mm. ovation. Was that,
1: um, <laughs> scary movie? It might have been. Where he's the mixing other the salad with his gross tiny hand.
0: Right, and then he's talking to the other guy that's in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah David Cross. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away. Walk away.
1: Right. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So, um, we already get the relationship set up for the whole movie, right? We got Phil kind of likes Andy McDowell, uh, Rita, sorry, and he's very abrasive to Larry because Larry's happy with his life as it is, but Phil's obviously not. He He's arrogant enough to think he's bound for bigger and better things. Right. So they head off to Punxsutawney, a hilariously, I don't know, it's just a funny name, right? It's a real town. They really do have a Groundhog's Day festival there. Right. And all that is real, even though they filmed this movie somewhere in Indiana. Uh, Wisconsin. Indiana. Wisconsin.
0: No. Wisconsin.
1: Oh, sorry. We're both wrong. It's Illinois. No, it's Wisconsin. It's Woodstock, Illinois, buddy. Woodstock, Illinois? I thought yeah. it was Woodstock, Wisconsin. The film was shot in Woodstock, Illinois, 60 miles northwest of Chicago, near the Wisconsin Stock. border. That's so, Wisconsin. Anyways. <laughs> so that's February 1st, right? February 2nd, Phil needs to go to not the regular hotel, so he wakes up in his uh, bed and breakfast that they have stuck him in because he's just too good. He's the talent, right? right. And he wakes up at 6 a.m. to... Put your little hand yes. in mine. A little Sunny and Cher.
0: There ain't no river, mountain we can climb. And then Sorry. you got
1: the radio personalities. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day! Doing their... Stupid... It's always cold outside. Get Sorry. your booties on. It's stupid. <laughs> then he heads down and goes and sees the groundhog, and he's real, kind of a jerk about it. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And Rita's like, we're going to do it again. He's like, you got it. And he just leaves. <laughs> and then they try to leave, and they get stuck in a blizzard, That which, which is funny because he predicted that the blizzard was never coming. Just shows you how good he is as a weatherman. Right. You know, he he's totally wrong, but he thinks he's bound for bigger and better things. Right. Anyways, so he gets stuck. In the town, he's got to go back to the bed and breakfast. He goes back to sleep. And what do you know? At 5.59, the clock turns over. And what plays on the radio, Adam? Sonny and chair. Sonny and chair again. and the same Groundhog Day announcement, he's like, you guys are running the same tape. You know, <laughs> thinks that they're being stupid. Uh, he walks out. The same guy asks him, you know, if it's the first day of spring. He thinks it's a little weird. He's like, did we do this yesterday? <laughs> the lady asks him how he slept. He's like... This is weird still. And when he walks outside, he realizes there's no snow on the ground. He's like, what the heck is going on? Uh-huh. And he asks a lady, uh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Gobbler's Knob. It's Groundhog <laughs> that's, Day. That's the worst name ever. I know, ever. right? Uh-huh. And he's like, it's only one day a year, right? <laughs> so he starts the loop. He starts the loop. And he starts the loop. And each, each time you get a different glimpse of his personality... About, you know, all the things that are wrong with him. He What's he do? He robs uh, an armored car. Right. He gets drunk and uh, gets arrested. Yep. Uh, he kills himself a few times. Oh, few, just a few. <laughs> you know, he, uh, oh man, has a few one night stands with some ladies. My favorite is the one where he's uh, dressed up like the cowboy going to see the movie.
0: Oh, and he runs into Nancy.
1: Yeah. what's he what's he say? Call me Bronco Bronco. Call me, call me Bronco. I told, I
0: told you. Call me Bronco. <laughs> this
1: is my favorite movie. I've seen hey. it a hundred times. I mean, <laughs> and when you listen to the commentary and you talk talk about Harold Ramis and what his idea for the script was, do you know how what his vision was? You know how long he's in this loop? Uh thirty years. Ten thousand years. Oh. Well, that's weird. So he becomes a prisoner of this day and time, right? And that's part of the evolution is is you watch a man who feels trapped in his own skin because he's not happy, right? He even says that. He's like, I don't even like myself. Right. You know, and you watch him slowly become okay with himself, transitioning yep. to now he's a master of this time and place. He knows every single thing that's happening at every single second. And now now you look at what is he going to do with his time? Well, as he becomes more and more attracted to Rita, he starts spending all of his time trying to get her, right? Because right. he thinks he loves her. Right. When really all he loves is the fact that she feels a need in him that wasn't there before. So that makes him sink into an even deeper depression once he realizes that, you know, they go through the montage where he's He's trying to force building the snowman with her. And then, like, it gets really awkward when he tries to have the snow fight with the kids. Do you remember that part? Yeah. At least the second time through. He's like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to adopt you all. <laughs> and he's throwing the snowballs. And it's it's really awkward. and He tries to force himself on her. And then it goes through a montage of her slapping him in the face. <laughs> right. Which must have been fun for Andy McDowell. Which probably sucked for him. <laughs> and I think that right after that is when it start, he starts trying to kill himself. What? He, what's he, jump off the building, he... he toast in the, toaster in the bathtub. Toaster in the bathtub. he's... The
0: old lady's like, oh my.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> in his cold bath, too. Right. Ugh, uh, it's not how I'd want to be steps found. In, steps in front of a bus. Steps in front of a bus, and he waves with his little hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he drives with the groundhog off of a cliff. Yep, that's the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, wakes up listening to I got you babe. So in the 10,000 years or however long it actually is, um he's gone from being a prisoner to having a purpose that was ill-founded. Uh now he's lost again in his depression because that's not the hole he needed to fill. Fill. <laughs> and uh-huh. then uh he starts becoming okay with it. And he starts building on himself and he does all kinds of different crazy things because of Rita. Like he learns how to play the piano. Uh, sculpt ice, speaks oh, French. No. Um,
0: French, starts 19th century French poetry,
1: right, <laughs> <laughs> he laughs at first, what a waste of time for, for, <laughs> for anybody, for anybody other but than you, you. <laughs> <laughs> but he learns everything from everyone that the town has to offer him, so he starts doing probably what he should have done in the first place, right, like, yeah, He's even buys ass. insurance from Ned Needlehead, Ned the Head, the head. About life, whole term, fire, tornado, <laughs> and, like everything, right? Oh. oh man, he's great, Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, he's oh good my too. gosh, he's so funny in this movie. Uh, yeah, oh, their directions all... are pretty funny too. I never knew the mayor was his brother. Oh yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, uh, after Phil becomes like a master of this this time and place, after who knows how long. Um, Andy McDowell starts to become intrigued by him, and then this day, he's decided he's going to memorialize the Groundhog Day. Maybe he's done it before, but his report on the Groundhog Day is very eloquent. <laughs> and, right,
0: and everybody's like pins and needles. Are listening. Well, not just that; like yeah. all the
1: other reporters are turning their microphones to listen to Phil talk. Remember, did Did you notice that? Yeah.
0: Well, after well, when the reporters I think are real professional, you're a
1: true professional or something like that, right? Yeah, what is. And uh, he's been, he's had like a whole lifetimes of being self-absorbed. He starts addressing all the needs of others. Uh, and when he can't save the homeless guy, I think right. that's uh, that's, sad. thats one of the big ones for him. Right. And then he starts uh, becoming a superhero of that time and space. You know, he, he tries to save everyone that... Yep. You know,
0: changing old ladies'
1: tires, catching kids out of trees. Right. And he becomes like, because he's a master of all this time and space, he knows everything about all these people. He starts interweaving himself into their lives and helping them all. Right. Um, I guess he's the perfect psychologist.
0: There you go. Well, it just totally adds to the idea, you know, the fact that he's actually gaining what he wants when he loses who he is, you know.
1: He's doing he's doing the work to figure out who he is now, right? Yeah, and that, but I'm, but that's but what a lot of want? like what what people are kind of unwilling to do, right?
0: Right. Well, that's the thing. You know, we start off with this reporter that's self absorbed, right? Mm-hmm. Narcissistic, wants bigger and better things, and he becomes the centerpiece of this town, basically, interweaves all these lives, and at that point, he's lost that, and it's just kind of naturally taking that place.
1: Sure. After how many lifetimes of. Of is he has he been putting all these others first where the selflessness has finally sunk in and it's actually shining through and it right. shines through to the point that Andy McDowell's character Rita who knows who knows right who he is the moment she met him right um she starts noticing that he's had a, like a overnight transformation and she's actually kind of impressed and drawn to him now right and uh that day that particular day um she bids on Phil at the charity bachelor auction. Right. And then they go on their nice date. He makes a ice sculpture of her face. Um, and that she's like, how did you do it so well? He's like, because I know everything about you and blah, 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 blah. All right. And uh, they just sit there talking all night. And it's not for the immediate satisfaction that he was going for before of trying to sleep with her no it was for he didn't want it to end cuz he knew he'd wake up the next day right he just he just wanted to spend some time with her because it was good enough that way it wasn't just about his his own gratification it was about who he is now and how he's changed and huh. you know he wakes up in the morning and it's freaking you know uh, I got you babes on the radio again and he's sad but then but then she's there with him yeah, he had finally done enough and changed enough that his uh, loop is over. There you go. It's February third, right? That
0: would be the day after Groundhog Day.
1: <laughs> oh, and uh, Rita asks him, uh, "Why'd you fall asleep last night?" And he goes, "This is a very long day." Hello. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> According to Harold Ramis, is ten thousand years just to try to wrap your mind around that. I can't. Man. This is just insane.
0: Well, then it goes on. I'm probably reading the same thing you are. The time loop duration speculations, right? In the DVD commentary, Ramus estimated a real time duration of 10 years. And then he goes, later, Ramis reported, I think the 10-year estimate is too short. It takes at least 10 years to get good at anything and a lot of the time down to misguided, year or misguided years he spent, um, it had to be more like 30 to 40 years. Right. So, hmm.
1: huh. The 10,000 yeah. years, I guess, comes from like a Buddhist thing.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing the same thing anymore. But what <clears throat> well, well, long to say, I'll, I mean, there have been people, there have been a lot of minds that put their, that sat down and put their minds to seeing how long this would actually take. There are a ton of blogs. Oh, yeah. Of, there's so many things out there to try to nail down how long. Some said 120, some said 30, some said 7. You know, It's all over the board, dude. Well,
1: you some know? people just count the days that are shown in the movie. Right. <clears throat> but everybody's like, well, you know, to master the
0: piano at his level would have taken seven years, sure. right? And so they're like, oh, definitely at least seven years. And so they picked little different things. So it was kind of neat. It's kind of... It's always fun. Like, ultimately, I guess, you know, Ramus has the say on what he intended it to be. He's the writer of this all. Right? So... But it kind of just goes to show you how much you can get lost in a film or, like, how much creativity or, um... I I don't know the word I'm looking for, can actually create amongst multiple viewers, dude, and still be universally awesome. Right? I mean, it's just... It's really good. So,
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, the just the people who are involved are all right. They're all right, right. for the movie. Am or, I right? Are you right? I, am I right or am I right? Right, 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 I'm right. right. <laughs> and <laughs> this is a movie that they could remake or whatever, and it would, it would be what it is, but I'm glad that I have this on Blu-ray, and I can just pop it in and watch it whenever I want. You know, it is it's a time capsule you know takes you right back to uh the early 90s yeah you know a lot of it but it, it does have a timeless quality to it because of the amount of uh humanity in the story right and uh, you know i really really enjoy this movie yeah it's uh so
0: here's the thing we know we know we love it the we love the movie things are going well right what um...
1: Well, if you had to pick a problem part could you um I mean you can nitpick it if you want but like it, I don't know it's what's the movie 90 minutes uh somewhere on there yeah like a hundred minutes so it's it's about the perfect length. You don't want a movie like this to go two hours, two and a half hours. It'd be too long. So, I mean, it's got... I think it's just about perfect. I think it's for what it is, it's been perfectly made. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have any real problems with it. I think Andy McDowell is perfect. I think Bill Murray was uh, maybe an afterthought. Cause he's the third lead to take the role of Phil Connors. After two other guys turned it down, mm-hmm. but I think he's perfect for the movie. Who are the other two that turned it down? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, uh, I
0: remember reading that somewhere, but uh, yeah, Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, Michael Keaton and oh man, I don't know. Michael Keaton could have nailed it out of the park too. Well, dude. Michael
1: Keaton's a brilliant comic comic actor too. Tom Michael Hanks. Michael Keaton is probably
0: one of my all time favorites. Out of I mean, he is awesome. He's, I wish he was in a whole lot more, but oh,
1: he's uh, he's gonna start being in a lot of stuff now. <laughs> why? After Birdman, right? You know, just, I think I think really after the other guys, he was so funny in that movie. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he was funny in that movie. That he got recognized, he got put in Birdman, he got Oscar nominated. I think he's gonna start having a uh, second half to his career. Oh, he's just inc- Yeah, I just I love him.
0: He's he's really good. So. Okay. Well all big names back in the day, you know? All big names. And big names today too. So well cool. Um yeah, you know, if I had to pick something about this that I really didn't like, I mean um and I don't know if they meant it to be like this. I haven't heard or seen any commentaries that it was purposely maybe it was a natural byproduct, but the the chemistry between between Murray and McDowell, right? Between uh, Rita and Phil. Sure. I don't know. Did you catch this? Like She's just like a snob dude, right? Did you catch that? Um, I don't think she's a snob. I think she is. I mean, and I don't know if it's a natural byproduct of who he is as a person that turns her into that. Or if it's more of a... She has her own kind of little you know personality issues, maybe not narcissism, but definitely like a uh, uh i don't know like um an elitist kind of like That's too perhaps good
1: true she's very artsy like French poetry right. I always drink to world peace,
0: and I think they try to make her look like that perfect person that would bring somebody like uh and this is just what I got like. She would be this perfect person to bring somebody out of their problems or out of their um, um, personality traits that are bad, right? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Man, words are escaping me today.
1: <laughs>
0: but But when you look at her and how she responds and how she treats him, she's not a nice person either. Like, wow, well. because honestly, like <sighs> true nice people they don't stop being nice just because somebody upsets them. And she's like truly like snobbish is the word I'm looking for. she's just she's a snob. I don't and think so. so I, I understand uh, what you're saying, but like uh
1: it's <laughs> he she's spent the entire day probably rejecting his sexual advances. I wouldn't be too nice to him either.
0: Well, I'm just saying i think uh I think they paint her in just too much of a perfect light, like they could have found a better way to make her be somebody that pulls him to his true potential. Right. Uh, sure. But I don't think it's just her that does it in the film. I think they accomplish the fact that it's himself, his circumstances, and where he's at. I mean, she's a big part of that motivation, but he generally gets the feeling of all, saving a kid is nice, whether the kid's appreciative or not, you know, he still loves it. Helping low ladies change attire makes him feel good. It's not because of her, and that's when the film really takes a turn and towards, you know, him becoming who he needs to find himself this enlightened state of, you know, Phil Connors, right? So, but I just got, that's probably the one thing. Don't get me wrong. She nailed her part. She played it very well. I think it's a character development issue for the writers or uh, maybe the overall film. Um, That's my only issue with it because like, and it came where they're sitting down. He's like, Oh, you know, uh, are we ready to go? And the van was still broken. He's like, well, can I buy you a drink? And she's like, for a second, she's like, "Yeah, sure, right." Uh-huh. And he's like, "Well, what should we drink to? Groundhog Day, right? Weatherman. that's the reason they're there. Maybe it's the reason they have a job. Maybe the reason why they met." She goes, "Oh,
1: I always drink to World Peace." Like, oh, I think the word you're looking ooh, for is stuck up.
0: She's a snobbish, stuck up, snob. Yeah, no, it's like, it's, oh,
1: I don't think it's quite snobbery because she's not. Uh, she's at the same station he is. Anyway, you know what I mean. But I think she's probably arrogant about where her position in life. I think she's just kind of stuck up.
0: Well, you know? anyways, so there's that thing. That's the big problem. That's the overall problem in the film. Is that for me? I mean, and it's like I said. Don't get me wrong. It's not a big problem. It is me trying to find something wrong with this film because it is an incredible film. <laughs> it's.
1: Uh, I think part of what you're uh, what's bleeding into what you're saying is it's a legitimate thing, but like her character Rita isn't right for him. He wants to be someone who he's not. You know what I'm saying? And okay. the person he wants to be could be with someone like Rita. Like if he was as good and if he's, he was in the position that he thinks he deserves. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. I got so you. like, that's what he thinks. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. That's what Sorry. he th- he thinks. Like the person he thinks he is is good enough for Rita, but he's not. He's more on Nancy's level. You know what I mean? But right. through his growth, he eventually becomes the person. He becomes an even better person than he even ever hoped he could be. And it, because he shed the pretense, he shed the desire for the uh, the material. Mm-hmm. And he be just became a good person. And at that point in time, the Phil Connors that's at the end of the movie is probably a much better person than even she is. Mm-hmm. But at least that, at that point in time, he's finally right for her. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah,
0: so I mean that 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 was my only qualm. That was my biggest issue. So I agree with you.
1: She's a little stuck up.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. So all in all, though, what do you write the, what, I mean, are we to the rating portion of this flick yet? Sure, go ahead. Give her your rating, buddy. I would give this an 8.5 out of 10 for the Adam scale of enjoying movies, right? I enjoyed it a lot. It's not my genre of, like, true enjoyment entertainment value. So I give an 8.5, but I'm going to give a caveat as far as a movie could be. If I was on the Academy Awards um, nominating committee, I'd give it a, probably a 9.5 out of 10. Okay. So, two. I have to give this one two scores because it uh, it's a genius piece of cinematic film, right? Um, the characters are awesome. They're really good. They're perfect for their places, um, and it has everything. It's funny. It has an overall meaning to it. It's got purpose. And it makes everybody think, man, what if I did live one day over and over and over and over and over again? What would you do, right? Um, Would you develop? Would you need to develop? Uh, Would you digress even? Um, I think most of us, we live the same day. We don't find ourselves getting better. So
1: I think we'd find ourselves actually getting more numb. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Majority of people. And, um, you know, in however many years it was, he might have had a huge time where he was just numb
0: right you know you man you could take this film to so many different levels dude i mean honestly you could take it pretty dark if you wanted to i mean honestly you ask most people you give people the choice of what would you do if you could get away with it right and he gets that you know he's like i had some flapjacks this to the officer okay um he drives down the railroad tracks i mean he's just he he goes bonkers right yeah but the question would be, anyway, it shows him robbing. I mean, what would you do if there were no consequences to the life that you lived?
1: Yeah, what would you do if there's no tomorrow? That's what he asks what? the drunks at the bowling alley.
0: Right. So, I mean, shoot, what, what, what would you do? Man, um, if nothing, just to experience everything, right, for that knowledge of what life is, all of life. I mean, that's, that's a big question. So um, that's almost too big of a question to answer. It is too big of a question to answer. You can't possibly do it. But I think this film gets pretty flippin' close in uh, doing a pretty good portrayal of uh, living every day over and over and over and over again.
1: And there is a commentary, too, about, about the difficulty of uh, someone like him or whatever, that it took him that long to come to grips with who he was and actually <clears throat> become a better person. Right. All right, so
0: that's what I—that's why I had to give it two different scores, gotcha. right? Uh, what different. do you get?
1: There's a difference between the best movie and your favorite movie. I get it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good man. You say things better for me than
1: I say it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, for me, um, I don't—I ha- don't suffer from uh, a singular genre of something I like. I like all genres. Suffer of Suffer as it's a character flaw or it's something bad. Correct. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, keep going, now, Rita. Uh, so I would, I think that this movie is as f- close to perfect as you're going to get for a romantic comedy, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think I got to give it a ten.
0: Oh man, shoot! Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Hey. Well, but you know that just goes to show. Everybody's got their different little qualms and some people are wrong and some people are right and and then in some cases both are right. And I think that's where we're at with this. Well,
1: sure. But you know, if you uh if you enjoy movies, watch the movie.
0: Right. If, you, if right. you've never
1: seen it, give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't like the movie,
1: right? Uh, I've heard on a couple different podcasts of people who don't like it, like, you know what I mean? I'm talking about personally people right. i've never met anybody who doesn't like groundhog
0: day i think people who don't like groundhog day want to find something with an awesome piece of cinematic sure. film i think they just got a you know uh what is it a like a bug in their ear or i don't know what you want to call it i think they just have a problem with calling something good or going against the grain that Perhaps. one that one emo kid right
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and like i can see why people don't like hook Right. But I'll I'll still watch it and I still enjoy it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So uh, overall, we like the movie. Overall, we recommend it. Does that pretty much sum it up? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Okay. And we had talked earlier uh, before the podcast about what movie we want to do next. We kind of were tossing around the idea of the fifth element, but I have another offering for you because I was Mm -hmm. just because IMDb just did this to me. I see a picture of Sam Rockwell. And we talked a lot about Warcraft, which is directed by Duncan Jones. And he directed a movie with Sam Rockwell called Moon. Okay. Which I think would make for a very, very interesting discussion. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen it. Moon. Moon.
0: Astronaut Sam Bell has a quintessentially personal encounter towards the end of his three-year stint on the moon. Correct. Okay, I can't do the movie guy. It's too, it's too, uh, it's too detailed. (laughs) One man, one moon, one coincidental personal encounter. Right. Sam Rockwell is (sighs) Gertie. Moon. I have no clue.
1: He's he's moon. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he is moon. It is a very interesting movie. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for you before you watch it. Please don't watch a trailer. Just watch the movie. Okay.
0: Is it on on Netflix. Well, for our listening see. viewers, can they find it somewhere? If not at their local video store,
1: well, I maybe will we tell should, you. Maybe we I will, should start doing that. I'll know? plug a uh, a website for you. It's called Fan Okay. You just type whatever movie you want. I think I've done this before, actually, on this podcast. But um, Fan
0: TV dot. Oh, just TV, not no, I went Fan TV dot com, and it just <laughs> tells you so where it's located. 90s. How nineties
1: I am. So $2.99 from Amazon, <laughs> iTunes, Voodoo, or Google, so Ugh, Moon. You'll have to rent it. Okay. That's all right. I'll Three bucks.
0: Yeah, not a big deal. Three bucks is small and an entertainment value.
1: <sighs>
0: Join the P.O. podcast. For Moon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Little Tortilla Boy.
0: Get down!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Double the action. These Now we're just quoting a comedian who we've never referenced. And uh, uh, if anyone's listening to this, they're totally confused. It's hilarious.
0: Pablo Francisco. Go watch his stand-up. Awesome. Yes. Isn't one of his stand-ups actually Little Tortilla Boy?
1: I, You know, it might be. Uh, I forget. <sighs> what I do know is that uh, this is a lot of fun, buddy. What's a lot of fun? Uh, the podcast. Yeah, we're, we're still talking on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because we haven't said, "Join us next week." <laughs> right, we, we're still doing the podcast. Flipping <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> hey, until we start getting paid for it, right? You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. We, we could do what we want.
0: That's right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so join us next week on the PO Podcast where Adam and Joe take on Moon
1: Moon mm. not Dark of the Moon
0: <laughs> which is an amazing piece of film made by Michael Bay garbage, <laughs> garbage. Yeah. garbage. yeah tell you what though I'd make garbage if it meant a big payday
1: uh, that's the America way right hey
0: whatever dude Shoot, I do lots of things I don't like to do for a paycheck none of them are morally questionable but still
1: sure. <laughs> alright so I think we've drolled on enough um, yeah that's the PO Podcast I'm Joe I'm Adam we will see you guys hear you guys talk to you guys we won't do any of that stuff you'll listen to us again next week if you want to
0: Yay, Michael Bay.